Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's time to get green. Doug Oster and Jessica Walliser are in the house. All natural, no pesticides, no artificial ingredients. The Organic Gardeners. News Radio 1020, KDKA. Jessica is enjoying this Sunday morning off, but Doug is here slaving over a hot microphone before he gets out and gets the fishing pole out and hits uh, a lake near you. But in the meantime, he's ready to talk gardening. That's what he does best, triblive.com. And, of course, his amazing award-winning videos and articles. But today, he's right here on point to take all of your gardening questions. So if you have something for Doug... Call now, 866-391-1020. Texas at that number or dollar bank instant access at kdk.com. And right now, the 10th caller at 412-922-1020 wins a gift certificate from Sorgles. Good morning, Douglas. Did anybody call you Douglas in your family at all? Yeah, when I was in trouble. Really? Yeah. Douglas! <laughs> Just my mom. Just your mom. Yep. How's she doing, by the uh, way? She's doing okay. Still hanging in there. God bless her, man. So what are we doing today? Well, good morning. It's Doug Oster from the Tribune Review and EverybodyGardens.com. If you can't get the paper anymore, everything that I do is at EverybodyGardens.com, including all my videos. Uh, we got a lot to talk about today. First off, Jessica is out not uh, taking it easy. She's out in Philadelphia at a big garden conference speaking. Uh, so good for her. And um, I love it when there's a nice thaw like this. I actually have been listening to... A pair of great horned owls call to each other. Uh, this morning, I actually stood out before I came in here and just, just listening to them talk back and forth. So a couple years ago, I had great horned owls uh, nest, and uh, we got to see the, the little fledgling when it came out. It's an exciting thing. You know, of course, great horned owls, they eat rodents, and so <laughs> that's a good thing for the garden. I've been talking a lot about attracting birds to the garden. And I'm getting a lot of reaction. If you go to my Facebook page, you can see that people are really, uh, I think more than ever, really interested and enjoy bringing birds into the garden. And the reason we do it is they, they set up this foraging route where this time of the year they're eating all sorts of seeds. Uh, but then in the spring when they have uh, little babies, they're going to have to feed those bugs. And uh, actually, Jessica has some incredible figure where a pair of chickadees eats like something like 3,000 or 9,000 caterpillars. It's some huge amount. And so, yes, they will help us garden. And so the main thing to bring birds into the garden is they need some cover, they need some water, and they need some food. The water, now, when it's melted like this, uh, you know, a bird bath, uh, but as soon as it freezes, uh, a little bird bath heater. They're inexpensive, and we'll keep that water open. And and when I look at my, I put one in my fountain. I see the birds drinking there, but I also see the squirrels drinking there. You got to take care of your squirrels too. The cover comes in the form of evergreen shrubs. And if you haven't set up a feeder yet, uh, you want to keep your feeder. If it's a pole feeder, any any feeder actually, uh, ten feet away from any of those trees. The evergreens where they can, the birds can stop. 
stage, look around, and then come to the feeder. But to keep it 10 feet away is because the squirrels can jump 10 feet onto the feeder. You want to keep them off. I feed the squirrels separately. I just give them dried field corn, basically, and, and I screw it onto a little feeder so I can watch them eat. Otherwise, they'll take that head of corn and just run away with it. And then the feed. You know, what are you going to feed them? Uh, the, the easiest thing to find and the thing that's going to bring probably the most birds uh, are black oil sunflower seeds. But I feed my birds something a little bit better. I, I love there's some stuff uh, from Best Feeds. They have like a proprietary mix that they make. Uh, I use that a lot. There's stuff from Cole's Wild Bird Feed that is just a, a, a mix of, of great things, including, you know, some nuts and some fruits and things like that. So you bring as many birds in as possible. Yes, we're bringing them in because we want them to do their thing in the spring and help us, but we're also bringing them in just to watch them. And if you start that feeding now, when we get to the migration uh, in April, we get to see all sorts of crazy, cool birds. Uh, it's it's just wonderful and a good thing to do uh, and certainly very relaxing to watch the birds. You, you really enjoy watching. What's your favorite bird to watch this time of year? Uh, this time of the year, it's probably some of the woodpeckers. Uh, the other thing I feed them is suet, and so we'll see... You know, something like a red-bellied woodpecker. I always, I'm waiting for to hear the call of the red-bellied woodpecker. That sounds like a novel. <laughs> I'm waiting to hear the call of the red, but when the red-bellied woodpecker starts calling, that's when I know spring is on the way. And that red-bellied woodpecker will be up in the woods while I'm starting the very early parts of planting that, uh, you know, I was looking at the calendar. It's like March 17th is the first planting day. And, oh, I can't wait. I had a conversation with a childhood friend of mine about these American eagles that are actually down in New Brighton. And you probably heard about this because you love the water and all that. Along the Beaver River, roughing it to me is a suite at the Wyndham Grand. But, I mean, <laughs> you know, you guys like to get out there and commune with nature. And he says to watch these things. Oh, it's it, just amazing. It's, it's breathtaking. Well, just think about it. I mean, when I, I think it has a special meaning for people that are our age because it was thought that that species would be extinct by the time we got to be this age. You realize age. you have a whole other career waiting for you now because of this outdoors thing. You've really embraced this, Doug. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I mean, it's I, I, I really see you doing a lot of videos and writing. and. You know, I've always loved the outdoors. But as a kid, when growing up in Sandusky, did you like that? Aurora. Aurora like I said, okay. Aurora. Well, <laughs> Sandusky's nearby. Yeah. I mean, did you enjoy that, though, as a kid? I mean, we grew up in the middle of nowhere. And just ran barefoot all summer long. Bib overhauls barefoot and just going at it. Had 300-acre lake right next door. Well, then, yeah, that's Had another 30-acre lake and had a secret uh, sportsman's club that we'd sneak into. I'm going to bring up something that we've talked about before on the air, and because you love to fish, and this is, I think, very good advice this time of year. Ice fishing is a big deal, and you had an incident as a kid, and we've talked yeah. about it, when you fell in the ice and almost drowned. Yeah. <laughs> that people need to—my uh, uh, brother-in-law, who actually sent me a little birthday note yesterday, is, is a big fisherman like you. He's done a lot of ice fishing, and we've had conversations about this over and over. You really have to know what you're doing, and you better make sure that that ice is frozen to where you should be on it. Uh, and you need to have the right safety stuff with you at all times. That's just so important because you don't know, even though you have eight, inch, eight inches of snow on north, or eight inches of ice on North Park at a certain point, you don't know what's going on underneath. You don't know if there's a spring. You don't know if there's an eddy. Most ice fishermen. A what, Doug? Just like an eddy, like just some kind of change in the current that could uh, affect the ice underneath. Just be careful, and again, have safety stuff, have a plan, have somebody with you. Uh, you know, there's 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 things you have to do when you're going to be on the ice. I, I really, 
I, I, you know, since I fell in, I, I just don't like being I, on the edge. Honestly, I mean, I can see if that's your thing, but for the most part, I just wait till the thaw. But there's, you know, there's danger out there in just cold water. I was fishing yesterday, and the water was 37 degrees, and, you know, I was out there on a boat. So you got to be... You well, what be, happens if, you, seriously? You're wearing a special suit that won't let water in. It's not going to be happy. You had that suit on, Oh, right? yeah, you, gotta, you have to. And if you fall in, um, it's not going to be pretty, but you're not going to die. And that's a good thing. That is a good thing. <laughs> well, it depends. It depends. Um, so where do you go? You go get this stuff like filled and stream and all? Where do you get all this stuff at? Uh, you know, it's more specialty usually really? than that. You might be able to find it at, at, a, at a field and stream. Now, the har- real quick, because you piqued my interest and we got to get to a break, but for ice fishing, is it something that like a harness that you like connect to the shore or something? Just in- No, no. You know, it, it, n- people probably don't do this, but they say you should wear a, a personal floating flotation device, but also you should have a couple of ice picks in your hand so that if you do fall in, you can grab on and pull out. Yeah. Ooh, I tell you, the beak. funny thing about when I fell in, it was actually the water was warmer than the air temperature. It was weird. It, you think you, you would think falling into the, to a lake that was frozen that you would lose your breath because it was so cold, but the water was actually warmer than the air temperature. Mm, be careful out there, folks. And the great outdoors is just that. It's great, but it is Mother Nature. And usually if you get into a fight with Mother Nature, guess who wins? We'll take a break. We'll come back. 866-391-1020. Dollar Bank and Access. KDK.com. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. News Radio 1020, KDKA. You're going to Ireland, lad. That I am. I'm going to Ireland. And I did have a few seats come open for my summer trip uh, to the country. And one of the highlights of going is going to see this place called Powers Court Gardens. And it's been chosen as the third greatest garden in the world by National Geographic. We'll see lots of other gardens. But... It's not just a garden tour, and that's one of the reasons I, I love doing these trips is that we'll see all sorts of other things there. You know, we're going to check out Dublin, and we'll have an Irish evening in Kilkenny, Waterford, Blarney Castle, Killarney, the Ring of Kerry. We'll do a farm visit, which I'm excited about. Uh, well, that'll be neat. Yeah, the Cliffs of Moher. I've never seen the Cliffs of Moher. Breathtaking. All, People told me that it's unbelievable. I always wanted to see that. Galloway. Staying at a castle, and the, just I was at Ireland one time before, and the people are just sweet and friendly and funny. And we have a personal guide that takes us from the minute we fly in to the day we fly out. He's with us How many the days whole you there time, again? 11 days. And uh, if you'd like to come to Ireland with me, uh, all the information is posted on my Facebook page, or you can see everything at everybodygardens.com, or you can just give me a call, 412. 412- 965-3278. That's 412-965-3278. I've been doing these trips with Colette now for several years, and it's just it's so much fun. I know a lot of the people that are coming have come with me on, on other times, and we just we just have a ball. And besides everything you heard about listed there, we always find all sorts of other cool stuff. And we'll have fun. Stay uh, away from those pubs, though. No, 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 no. It's one eight hundred get tipsy. You know, you no, listen. That's the, you got to do that. Oh, uh, the the Irish pubs. There's just. I would love to be in an Irish pub doing a video talking about like football, their football. You know, like the World Cup. That would be when we awesome. Went, when we went the last time, uh, we hiked for a long, long time. My wife and I and came upon this little pub and got in there and there were all these guys 
just sitting around a TV that they brought out and put like a big old-fashioned TV in the middle of the bar so they could watch the soccer game. And they weren't really serving food, but they're just like, ah, oh, we can make you some grilled cheese sandwiches. Declan Bolger, who worked many years for the Pirates, was a dear friend, and he was from Britain. He would talk to me always about, you know, football, and I couldn't, I just couldn't get enough of it. Liverpool, Manchester, loved it, loved it, loved it. My my dream was always fish and chips in a pub in England watching the World Cup or being in Ireland. Now, that, that to me would be... Just watching them. They go, yeah, they go not even drinking that much, but eating the food and watching people interact like we see Steeler Nation or... Yeah. Like you used to see with Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, well, they'll, they'll be occasionally back. once during the 80s. <laughs> we'll see. All right, let's go to Paul in Mars, Pennsylvania. Paul, how are you? Good morning. Good morning. Hey, Paul, how are you? I'm fine. Just just good. What? But I'm, I'm planting my garden for next spring. Uh-huh. And I have, in, I have one tomato as an accidental cross. It looks like it's... Uh, it grew on a Comstock tomato, but the one last one I picked, it, it one looked like a brandy wine. Ah, interesting. So I, yeah, yeah. So I, after I made a BLT out of it, I saved <laughs> the seeds that were left, and I'm just curious, what do you think I'm going to get when I grow these out? You know, uh, that, how much space should I devote to it? That's a great story and a great question because I've had the same thing happen, um, and I hope you get that same tomato. But it's not always that way. So mm-hmm. I I would start, you know, start as many seeds as you can. Maybe put two or three plants in if you have room. What were you thinking? How many were you thinking about putting in? Do you have a lot of room or not really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I grow about 20 different tomatoes, 20, 25, yeah, and sometimes I, I put them in containers and spread them around. Yeah, yard, I'd, so. I'd, put, I'd put three to five in and see what comes out of that. I had one that popped out of the compost pile, actually, that I called Compost Surprise, and uh-huh. It put on these little saladette size, probably, I don't know, four-ounce tomatoes, but they were, like, extremely acidic, and I just fell in love with them. I saved the seed, and the next year uh-huh. I didn't get the same thing. I got a big tomato. So from those three to three to five tomato plants that you put in from these seeds, keep an eye on the plant. See how it, it does. Uh, and then when it starts putting tomatoes on, again, you'll want to save tomatoes. If you get one that's the same, save seeds from that tomato again. And then okay. we'll try it again next year, and if they're the same then, they've stabilized, and you'll probably be in pretty good shape. Good, good, yeah. That's a fun, uh, yeah, pro- that's that a fun a project. What, what, other kind yeah, of, what other kind of tomatoes do you grow? Anything oh, God, special? I crazy. <laughs> uh, I, I grow unusual ones, you know, a lot of heirlooms, Cherokee purple, brandy wines, uh, black from Tula, a few, hybr- a few hybrids too, Romas. Yeah. I the, like growing things. Yeah. Uh, you know, the the one thing about Romas now, and I was talking to somebody, I had this uh, little walk and talk at the Pittsburgh Botanic Garden, and he had found a, a sauce tomato at a, a local nursery. The 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 thing that breeders are doing is they're they're making sauce tomatoes bigger. So if you if you were interested in trying uh, something that was a little bit different for sauce tomatoes. Territorial Seed has one called San Marzano Gigante. Uh, San Marzano is a, a pretty famous Roma-type tomato, but the G- Gigante is like seven inches long and three or four inches wide. Burpee has one called Big Mama. Take a look at those because they have the same flavor, but you you have uh, less tomatoes to process for the sauce. Another one that actually... Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, yeah, it was uh, from Brankel's... Uh, 
the organic farm Brankles, they have one that they they turned me on to called Gilberti. And I think that's from High Mowing Seeds. That's a great one. All right. Thank you for the call. Coming back, more of your calls next with Doug. Good morning. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. Is Radio 1020 KDKA. All right, Doug Oster and the Organic Gardeners on the air. Here's Maggie in Mount Lebanon for Doug. Good morning, Maggie. Hi there. I love your show. It's Thanks, uh, the Maggie. highlight of my Sunday morning. Mine too. <laughs> um, listen, I have a really important question. This is going to just be my second year of uh, doing a little garden on the side of my house. Uh, last year, my biggest nemesis was weeds. Uh, I've heard um, I've heard you guys talk about this lettuce method with newspaper, and I have a lot of newspapers, mm-hmm. and I thought that maybe I would try it. I've got to try something. Um, do you put down the newspaper before you plant, or do you put down the newspaper after you put the plants in? Uh, beforehand. So depending on – here's the thing. Depending on what you're planting. So what I would do first, depending on the size of the area, you know, it, is it that how, – how big is it? Oh, it's not very big at all. So I, first, improve the soil. Always improve the soil. So get a couple bags of compost or whatever you can get like that to improve the soil. Throw that down first on your okay. wh- wherever you're going to plant. Then seven to ten layers of newspaper. Get it wet so it stays in place. And then some type of mulch on top of that. Now, now what kind of mulch do you mean? Uh, you know, I use from like my vegetable garden. I use straw. But if if you oh. if you didn't like the way straw looked, you could use bark mulch. Okay. Uh, Depending on what it's for the mulch, it's just what you like the way it looks. You just need to, something to cover the newspaper so you can't yeah. see the newspaper. Then you just poke a hole in that newspaper and put your plants in. Now, if you're putting seeds in, you just would have to cut like a row, you know. Okay, the and, lettuce. And yeah, and let me tell you, it works. Uh, you won't have to deal with as many weeds. You you always get a few weeds popping up here and there, but not like crazy like you did before because you're you're. you're Stopping any light from getting to where those weeds were, where those weed seeds are going to germinate. And uh, it, it's kind of a pain to do it in the beginning of the season. But when you you make that choice to do it, you're not going to have to be weeding all summer long. And you'll have a much better luck with your garden. And you know what? That newspaper also acts as a great uh, mulch itself because it, it holds water. It, it's organic now. or Newsprint is organic. You don't have to worry about anything coming out of there. The only thing we don't use are those shiny inserts from like the Sunday paper. And right. I hope you give it a try. And if you do, give us a call back when you're sitting in your garden with your feet up and you're not worrying about weeds and you've got some nice plants covering the whole thing. I also wanted to tell you that I, I'm absolutely positive that I saw four robins in my backyard this week. I saw one at the Pittsburgh Botanic Garden on okay. Friday. Okay, so we weren't so. hallucinating. No, no. But, you know, actually, some robins stay all year, but we can just say that they're the harbinger of spring, right? Right, right. Thank you so much. Thank you for your call. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you, Maggie. Let's go to Brad in Clarion. Brad, good morning. How are you? Good morning, fellas. <clears throat> Doug started out of the program. They are talking about uh, bird, different birds and the seed eaters. We have a different kind of seed eater up here in Clarion County. We had bears out here oh, down our yeah, down yeah. our bird feeders, and and uh, the funny thing was, uh, my son-in-law heard a noise out alongside of our house. Here we have a dumpster, and there on top of that dumpster was a bear jumping up and down trying to get into <laughs> that dumpster, and uh, he was just trying to get, you know, get something to eat, I guess. 
Yeah, you know, and, uh, I, I actually had a question on my Facebook page. What do you do about bears when you're feeding birds? What did you do? Can you feed the birds when you have bears or not? Well, it, it makes havoc out of those bird feeders. I bet they do. <laughs> That's got to be, a, to me, a scary feeling to see a bear in the backyard. Well, most people are, but uh, we really don't fear them. They, if you don't bother them, they won't bother you. That's a, that's a problem. Uh, the uh, idea about bears—they're they, more afraid of you than you are of them. Yeah, I've heard that before. <laughs> yeah, it's like if a shark is approaching, punch it in the nose. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, I mean, come on. Oh, listen, you see a bear. I'm a more afraid of a bear than it is of me. I think. <laughs> well, you know, then you see these people. Like I saw a guy who perfected some body armor. To where he could like lay in piles of garbage and they would put honey on him and he would like not provoke but like startle a bear and they were doing this research to see his reaction. I'm like, isn't there a better oh, way to make a oh living boy. than doing something like that? Bears, especially, you think of polar bears and grizzly bears and oh uh, Kodiak. I mean, black bears are kind of on the, the, the low pecking order compared to some of these other bears. You don't want to mess with something that's seven foot tall in its haunches and weighs about you a can't, ton. You can't outrun it. You can't climb up a tree. You just got to curl up in a ball and that, that'd be scary. A polar bear can oh. swim 40 miles per hour. Wow. Nat Geo is on my in my house quite a bit. I, they're amazing animals, but their whole idea is to eat constantly. Well, mm-hmm. I, I kind of live like that, too. So no no bird feeding for you, right? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> uh, but we have all sizes of them. This was a smaller bear that was jumping up and down the garbage out there, uh, our dumpster. And, but uh, we see they're big ones. Uh, one was a, probably... Look, be about nine foot tall when it stood up. Jeez. Oh, but uh, we have a lot of bears up in this area. So. See, that's something you and I, Doug. You grew up in Aurora. I grew up in New Brighton here in West. That you just never go out to the garbage. You never maybe a raccoon or a possum, but to see skunk, a skunk. Yeah. Worst case scenario. Yeah, but a bear. Wow. <laughs> you doing any gardening? Oh yes, yes. Remember I told you about me spreading the manure on there. Oh already. yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, we're getting it ready. <laughs> well, good to hear. Thanks so much for your call. And uh, oh, good guy. watch guys. watch watch those bird feeders, boy. Hey, by don't the way, ha- don't hang around the bird feeder in Clarion. Hey, by the way, in McDonald, Pennsylvania, Black Dog Winery is going to be heading out for some sampling at Janoski's on the 10th of February through Valentine's Day. They're getting ready for their big buffet. So guess what? There could be time that if you are the 10th caller, you could actually get yourself a $25 gift certificate right now. So the 10th caller wins that gift certificate from the good folks at Janoski's at 412-922-1020. We'll come back, take more calls for Doug. Don't forget, next hour, it's uh, all of your favorite roast recipes with Joe and Frank Dentisi on the Coons Cooking Hour. Good morning. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. This Radio 1020 KDKA. What do you think the uh, number one food for Super Bowl consumption is? I was just doing a little research. What do you think? What do you Nachos? Think? No. Jambalaya. Huh. I mean, that, I think that's how you spell jambalaya. Jambalaya. Yeah. Also, sausage and... Um, a cheese, a also a big favorite as well. And you know how much we love Ernie Ritchie. You know Ernie Ritchie, right? His parents uh, started that little thing in McKee's Rocks. Of course, his grandparents before them. Rick Seebeck, who we both love, has got a new show starting on Thursday called Meet M E A T Pittsburgh. He's You're, the best. And, the and, best. and Ernie Ritchie's 
a re- grandfather's original store. They're going to actually show a photograph of it, and they've got like a little segment. So if you're a fan of Ernie Ritchie and his parents, we all are, uh, please check that out on Thursday. Rick Seebeck's a new show called Meet, M-E-A-T, Pittsburgh. I'm glad they're still doing shows with him. He, he's, he, he does the very best. What do you think it is that makes him just so doggone good? He's just good? a uh, very inquisitive and a great storyteller. When I've been with him when he's interviewed people. He can make people just open up. Uh, he's just a likable person. Comforting to be around. Yeah, yeah. And he's just he's he loves to write and, and tell these stories. And he is a a treasure. He is just a treasure for us. He's a Pittsburgh treasure. And oh. speaking of a treasure, it's Mrs. Is. Know-it-all, Denise Schreiber, Greenhouse Manager for Allegheny County Parks. Good morning. Good morning. What's on your mind? Uh, so another tomato that uh-huh. uh, I got seed for this year. Um, I got it. Uh, it's a company called Seeds from Italy, and they sell a brand called Franchi um, Seed. And I got a San Mar- Marzano Ridorta. Oh, yeah. I heard that's a good one. Yeah, because the fruits are 9 to 12 ounces as opposed to the 4 to 6 that the regular San Marzanos are. And, <clears throat> excuse me. And I also grow uh, Delicious, which is really an old heirloom. I don't really grow a lot of heirlooms, but I grow this one every year. It's a beefsteak. It's really meaty, and it can grow up to 2 pounds if we have a really good year and the deer don't get it. Had you grown that uh, San Marzano before, or is this going to be your first year for it? I've grown the straight species of San Marzano. I have not grown this one. This one's a fairly new introduction to them. So that's something I'm looking forward to because I do make a lot of sauce, you know, come summertime. So I'm going to be interested and see how well this one performs in the garden. And what else will you grow for sauce? Just Will you just grow that one and hope for the best? Or uh, what? No, I'll okay. grow the other one that I also get from Franchi Seed um, called Northern Red Pear. And it's, and I think I've given you a plant or two over the years. Mm-hmm. It's a huge, it's considered a beefsteak, but is actually pear-shaped, and it is huge, very little seeds, lots of meat. Uh, it's a great sauce tomato. Oh, I, just, I, I am just dreaming of tomato season and getting okay. my tomatoes started. And um, when you start them in the greenhouse, when do you start your main crop? Uh, really, I don't start them until uh, middle, end of March. Okay. Because, you know, we've had frost on Memorial Day. Yeah. You know, and so even, I know everybody wants that first tomato, if you want the first tomato, you've got to grow an early season tomato. I would rather have a mid and late season tomato to make sure I have it going all summer long um, because I know people that will buy a plant and it will have the flowers on it already and it's in a big six-inch pot. And I can take one out of a six-pack and plant them side by side, and within two to three weeks, they'll be the same size because the bigger plant is really going into shock because now it's trying to produce flowers right. and fruit and also establish itself with its roots. Whereas the one that has no flowers and is smaller, you know, it's just going to put out roots and keep right on going. And are you waiting that late? Because you're like me then. I mean, I I do put some in early, but my main crop doesn't go in until Memorial Day because I want the soil to be warm. Yeah, I actually, last year, uh, I treated myself. Actually, it wasn't that expensive. I bought a soil thermometer. And so it tells me when the soil is actually warm enough to put plants in. You know, there's some things, if you grow peppers in the ground, peppers really like warm soil. If the soil's still 
cool, they're just going to sit there and wait until, you know, we get those 75, 80-degree days to warm up the soil. Do you do anything to warm up the soil, or you just let it go naturally until it's the right temperature? I, I let it go naturally. What, you know, do you, what do you want the soil temperature to be at? Let's say, for especially for peppers, who really like it warm. Yeah, you know, you really want the soil to be at at least 60. 65 is better. Um, tomatoes are a little more forgiving. Um, but you, remember, you've also got to think about the moisture in the soil. If we have, oh, I really hope not, another wet spring yeah, like we did last yeah. year. You know, the soil stayed cold a longer time because it was so damp and we didn't have sun so we have rain you know so sometimes you can't win with that all right mrs know-it-all as always thank you so much for getting up early in the morning and letting us know what's going on all right let's say hi to bill bill how you doing good morning welcome to the organic gardeners hey bill good morning doug uh, did you ever use a uh, a, uh, an item called blossom set on your tomatoes i haven't Uh, have you do you use it I do use it uh, simply because it does get to blossom on earlier and more of them, but then uh, instead of allowing the tomatoes to grow in a cluster on your vine, I take some of them off, and that spreads the tomatoes out a little more, and you grow much bigger tomatoes. Uh, And the, the other question I wanted to ask, if you could only put out one tomato plant what would it be oh man that's not fair gosh one Why? To, one tomato well, what would yours be oh mine would definitely be the orange beef steak and i i raised probably 12 different kinds of tomatoes but uh love that tomato simply because of the taste and maybe large you can take a slice of them and almost cover a slice of rye bread so they, they do a good job, but everybody has their favorite. I just wondered what yours were. I guess I'd probably go, if I can I go with two? I'd go with Cherokee Purple, and then I'd have to have my Sun Gold uh, Cherry Tomatoes. That's my wife's favorite tomato. It puts on so many tomatoes, and I love eating them right out in the garden because they're so sweet. Uh, uh, the only downside on Sun Gold is it splits when it rains. Yeah, I, I use uh, I use that plant also. Uh, I put them in pots, those. But anyway, how does that blossom? How does that blossom set work? Is it a spray? It's a spray, and uh, you will get blossom earlier, and uh, you'll get you'll get more of them. Uh, I've used it for a long time, and I have. Planted plants side by not side by side, but put one one more place and one in another, and use it on one and not not another because I'm skeptical about everything. Yeah. And uh, this uh, the one that you use the blossom set on will get them earlier and more of them. But I do thin the blossom out or right when they're. So what are you what are you leaving on the truss? Just one per truss, or one, when you, when oh, you thin no, them out. No, I thin them out to maybe, uh, it, it depends on the kind of a tomato. I, I thin them out to maybe three, but I don't allow them to grow in a cluster like these, the newer tomatoes do. Uh, you know, you, you think back about the old-fashioned tomato. They grew all the way out of vine. 
Well, thanks so much for your information and for your call. That blossom set sounds interesting. Yeah, Bill, we'd have given you more time, but we've got to get to a break. And when we come back, Doug and I are going to wrap up the hour. And then next hour, it's your favorite roast recipes. You know, rump roast, chuck roast, pork roast, all of that stuff coming up. Get out the slow cooker because Mr. Joe and Frank Dentice are getting ready to enter our studio here at Intercom Communications for another edition of the Coons Cooking Hour. And then Hepfron Tillotson's Your Money and You, Jim Meredith, Tyler Valano, Marianne Siebert. And then we wrap up our day from 11 to 1, talking everything that is sports on the Coons Market Black and Gold Sunday Show. And don't forget, coming up Friday, I'll be in for Mike Pintek, and we'll be on location at Coons Market on McKnight Road. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. This Radio 1020 KDKA. All right, as your mother would say, Douglas, take us home. Remember, the organic gardeners always aim to create a better place to garden and a safer place to live. And also, if you want to go where the folks from Ireland live, how can they do that? Check me out on Facebook, uh, everybodygardens.com, or just give me a call, 412-965-3278, and come with me to Ireland. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.